and welcome to the movie podcast. My name is Shabazz, and of course, I am joined by the one, the only, babyface Anthony. Anthony, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm great. The reason why I'm calling you babyface is again, we're we're doing this remotely, and when Anthony joined the the chat, uh, I was like, oh, we have, we have a child in here. I don't think we're allowed to, uh, you know, continue this episode on any longer with him here, but. Turns out it's just Anthony, you know, just clean shaven. Yeah, by accident. Uh, I, I shaved a little bit of my mustache and then it turned, I tried to like blend it. And then at one point I'm like, oh, I can't. I look like some someone from like the 1920s. So I started shaving a little bit more and like, I gotta, I can't, I I can't fix this. I can't, <laughs> I can't grow any more hair. <laughs> so I just like shaved it all off and I started from scratch. It's coming in. It's coming in. I'm, I'm hopeful for the next you know week i'll be bushy again so why did you shave your eyebrows that's the that's the weirder thing i think well you know i, I you know <laughs> that's that's the serial killer in me yeah even your eyelashes you pluck them out it's really yeah. bizarre i'll be honest with you you look clean though uh and of course the one who is hairy daniel actually i don't i, I never said anthony wasn't hairy i just i just said yeah. he was baby face <laughs> that's what i was just like oh, oh. uh this intro is just we're, we're in too deep now we gotta we gotta keep going i'm sorry keep, i looked over move past this. i looked over at daniel i'm like wow he looks pretty hairy right now like you just you've just got a good amount of hair like a good amount just by comparison yes thank you yes thank you. no you look great how are you yeah. doing i'm doing great you know it's been uh it's been a very interesting week mm-hmm. Uh, especially coming off the Oscars that we just had last night. And I'm really excited to talk about it with you guys. Oh, man. We're going to have a fun one. Uh, but this week has been good because we had a lot of fun stuff happening on the feed as well. Yes, we do. And speaking of the feed, there happens to be a contest up and uh, or a giveaway, I should say. And we're going to get to that in a few minutes. But of course, the bigger thing here first is those five-star reviews. We're looking for about 200 of them, and it's on Apple Podcasts. So if you could, please go ahead and write to us. Let us know why you love us, why you love the show, uh, and what you want to see different if you if there's something that you'd like to change. Uh, if you want Anthony to grow his hair back or you want Daniel to shave his face, whatever you whatever you want, let us know. We'll, we'll do it for a dollar for the lowest amount of money possible. <laughs> I just saw them in, in our in our chat here. Uh, the, Anthony just sent a picture of the Harry and the Hendersons guy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just said this is Daniel. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's absolutely hilarious. Um, of course, let's jump into some announcements first. Actually, before I jump into announcements, let's let's plug ourselves a little bit here. Instagram and Twitter. You can follow us at the Movie Podcast, and don't forget to leave us the review, like I mentioned. Also, join our Discord. The show notes have all that information at the bottom, so please go ahead and give that a read. And some of our announcements, we have some reviews out. Of course, we have Mortal Kombat, the 2021 Mortal Kombat, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier recaps. The series is done. So let's go ahead and uh, you know give we, we we poured our heart and soul I think in that last uh, in that last recap so please give that a listen. Mythic Quest Everlight is up. Love and Monsters, Shiva Baby, The Unholy, Godzilla versus Kong, and so many more on the feed, and so many more are coming out. Uh, like this week, we will be having the Without Remorse review as well on Wednesday. That's the new Michael B. Jordan Tom Clancy film that'll be premiering on Amazon Prime. So. Stay tuned for the feed for that, and I'll kick it over to Daniel, who'll give us some more information on that giveaway I mentioned. 
Shay, can you just like when you can you say Shiva baby, but can you say it the way Austin Powers would say it? Shiva baby. Thank you. Because the way you with the way you said it, you had a little twang on the end of it. I'm like, oh, Did I? I wonder if he's Shiva baby yeah, a little bit. Was it, was it yeah. the baby part <laughs> or the Shiva like part? That. I think it was the baby part. I'll be honest with you. Do you want me to start calling you Shiva baby like, from now on? Uh, no, because you called me Harry Baby. Harry <laughs> <laughs> <Hairy> Baby. Harry <laughs> Baby. Harry Baby. Uh, we got a giveaway. <laughs> we got a giveaway going on right now in honor of our 100th episode. So please head over to Twitter, head over to Instagram. You could see how you enter. Um, the giveaway is actually going on on Instagram, but we have a link to it on our Twitter if you're following us at the movie podcast. Basically, there's a couple things we want you to do. If you are following us, that's, that's rule number one. Make sure you're following us. Uh, like the post that says $100 iTunes card giveaway. Like that. You could comment and tag friends in it. Up to three friends you could comment. Uh, total entries you'll have, it will be four entries. Um, and we're going to contact the winner on May 9th. And we'll give them a $100 iTunes card. Only open for residents of Canada. It's not endorsed or associated with Instagram or Apple. Uh, but we'd love if you enter because uh, we want to celebrate our 100th episode it's a huge milestone for us and no better way than giving money away so make sure you check that out we should have given away a dollar for our first episode i think that would have been really poetic we should have given away a a one dollar per person so everybody could win. oh god wow i think that's how they do it in the soviet union it is it is what else do we have Uh, on there daniel uh also of course you already know that we are ambassadors of p-link hey daniel what's p-link Well, let me tell you, Uh, you may notice that we're using these short websites on our socials, on Instagram and Twitter, uh, plink.2 slash TMP makes it really short and lets you get your audience to the right place um, on any device every single time. And if you run a podcast, it's absolutely essential. Check out our show notes for our affiliate code. If you use our affiliate code, it helps out, uh, helps up, you know, we want to pay the bills. It helps us out. Um, So definitely check that out. Um, And like I said, if you're running a podcast, that is essential. We have a lot of friends who are using P-Link as well. You know, I think to our friends at Untitled, I think of like kind of funny. You're going to see them using these uh, short websites and it's going to uh, it's going to get your listeners to the right place every single time. So definitely use them. Check them out. Thank you so much for that, Daniel. Of course, our topic of the show this week is all about the 93rd Oscars. Uh, it's going to be a great conversation. I'm really looking forward to us diving deep into that. But before we do that, let's jump into the news. How was that? Oh, we'll see. You know what? We'll I'm, I'm, I'm looking we at these waveforms, and they seem pretty yeah. good. We'll see when we put the show together how it's going to turn out. Oh, so you're telling us there's some magic behind the scenes? There might be. <laughs> there may have been some editing on the doo doo doos. Wait, 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 wait. This show isn't live. We're live right now. Oh, we're live oh, in the, oh, so we're live in the future. Damn, Damn. I, didn't, I didn't think about that. Let's How's jump tomorrow doing? Uh, tomorrow's great. Weather's kind of weird. It's snowing and it's sunny. Oh, sounds like a typical day in Canada. <laughs> Let's jump into our first bit of news here today, guys. So we have uh, we have Amelia Clark 
and Olivia Coleman join Marvel's secret invasion at Disney Plus. This is coming from Matt Donnelly of Variety. Amelia Clark and Olivia Coleman are in final negotiations to join Marvel Studios' secret invasion, the hot original series quickly coming together at Disney Plus. Their roles are naturally under wraps and marks their first foray into the Marvel Universe. They join previously reported cast Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, and Kingsley Benadier. Anthony. What are your thoughts on this Secret Invasion show? Yeah, I, I think this is great casting on Marvel's end. It's I'm I'm curious to see who they play. Do they play uh, Scrubbles or are they other characters from the Marvel universe that we might know? Um, but yeah, great casting. I love Amelia Clark. I love um, Coleman. Both great actresses. I'm glad they're they were uh, selected and part of the cinematic universe now, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I think Olivia Coleman really wanted to be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. At some point, I remember reading about it in some interviews. So I'm glad to see that she's kind of getting that chance. Uh, Daniel, what about yourself? Uh, this is great, honestly. You know, I'm I'm so excited for the show. Um, it's no secret that like we're big Marvel fans. I'm a huge Marvel fan and um what the MCU is doing. Um I honestly think it's like my favorite fandom right now out of all the different things that I love in life. Like the MCU has been so consistent and being great that this just makes me more excited. And it's only a matter of time before every single actor is somehow cast in a Marvel project. They're gonna you run know, out of actors uh, for sure. They're gonna run out of actors. Maybe you, they'll need a like they'll need an in universe podcast. Call us up. Yes. You know, uh, we're available. I heard, I heard that once you... It's, it's just a cool, it's a cool casting. Go ahead. I heard that once you are selected to play a role in the Marvel Universe, you can only play that role. Like, let's say, for instance, um, Chris Evans, who plays Captain America. He can only play Captain America. He can never come back as a different character in the Marvel Universe. I don't and think that's true, though. Gemma think- Chan, for example. She's, she's playing two separate roles, I believe. She was in Captain Marvel, and she's in Eternals, and I believe they're different characters. Are they? Are you sure? They are. Yeah, they are. They're definitely 100% different characters. Yeah. Um, and that's not all. Honestly, like, uh, we have, yeah, Gemma Chan is, is up there who's done it. Who's uh, the... Free who's... Woodward, who's also in Luke Cage, but also technically not MCU, but yeah. she was also in Civil War. Um, Star-Lord's um, mom. Ali. Star-Lord's mom, yeah. She was in uh, Captain America and Guardians. Mm. Mahershala Ali was bla- is going to be played, but he was also in Luke Cage. So um, there's a lot. But and he- also Kenneth Choi, who's uh, Captain America's... Uh, he was on the Halloween Commandos, and he plays his grandson but, uh, from uh, in Spider-Man. But were these characters like big char- like character name, like like... Or were they just B characters in the show? No, they were they were smaller characters. But like, I don't want to see Robert Downey Jr. come back in any capacity or as playing different characters. You know, right? Do you? No. Um. Yeah, he could play like Spider Man. What? <laughs> what? That would be alternate version. <laughs> That'd be a twist. Yeah, Iron, alternate version. Iron yeah, Spider Man. But if it's in a multiverse, sure. <laughs> if he's in a multiverse version, I'm down for it. Uh, but no, it's it's cool. Honestly, like Amelia Clark and uh, Olivia Coleman awesome actors that are actors that I think are going to be super in demand. And again, I'm not surprised that Marvel is casting these actors that are getting huge traction, getting huge buzz in every project that they do. And you know, they'll always find their way to end up in a Marvel project because just that's the way Marvel rolls. So get these people as they're rising to fame mm-hmm. and cast them in this project and secret invasion looks like it's really gearing up to be something huge. Mm-hmm. 
because even Kevin Feige said, like, this is the biggest comic book event other than Infinity War. Mm-hmm. So I'm really curious to see what they do with it. Yeah, I agree. I also do want to put some respect on uh, Star-Lord's mom's name. It's Laura Haddock, uh, who we also yes, know from you. Transformers in the last night as well. Cool. Do you guys have anything else? You oh, add? yes, yes. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add for um, this, this secret invasion story? Do you think any of them, Olivia Coleman or Amelia Clark, will be playing scrolls, or are they An- human characters? I think Anthony's kind of got uh, a good a good finger on that pulse there, saying that yeah, I think either both of them or at least one of them would play a scroll. My money would be on uh, Amelia Clark. If I think okay. I think okay. Coleman is a scroll. All right, is this a burger bet? Are we gonna have to fight it no. out? If no, it's a burger okay. bet, yeah, sounds good. That, you, no, Anthony, shot that down real quickly. Any, Anthony's no burgers on the line for this no, one. He's he just, like, he no, just wants his sauceless pizza. That's it. Yeah, give me a plain chicken breasts, and uh, it's it's on. It's called wow, a Mediterranean pizza, and yeah, not every pizza <laughs> needs sauce. Yeah, coming from an Italian, huh? You, your people are no already pizzas equal. Already leaving you. Let's jump to the next story here. Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, and Justin K. Thompson directing sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This is coming from Matt Grober of Deadline. While the team has been hard at work on the project from the outset, they have now officially come come aboard. Joining returning producers Phil Lord, Chris Miller, Amy Pascal, Avi Arad, and Christina Steinberg, and new co-producer Alonzo Ruvalcaba, the crew behind Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse have set such a ridiculously high bar and were humble to take on the challenge of charting the next chapter in the story of Miles Morales, the director said in a joint statement. We can't. Did you think they all said like one word each? You know? Yes. Like they took like an acapella group? Uh, we can't wait to surprise fans with the wild new adventure we're sending Miles on with his friends, bold and new. Daniel, give us your take on this. Uh, really surprising. You know, I thought for sure um, we were going to get at least one of the original directors back, either Bob Bruschetti, Peter Ramsey or Rodney Rothman uh, back. Uh, but it's a whole new fresh, uh, a brand new like freshman class here. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, it goes to show that Sony is treating this IP very seriously in the sense that they want to continue to have it feeling fresh. They want to have new voices in there. They want to have freshly unique black voices in there too, which I think is so important for a character like Miles and for his family. Um, and obviously we've seen how incredible uh, the Spider-Man Miles Morales game has turned out. Uh, and I think this is right now one of the best time to be Spider-Man fan and not just for one Spider-Man, for multiple Spider-Man, Miles included. And uh, this is great. And I think Kemp Powers, who uh, wrote One Night in Miami, wrote soul co-directed soul for pixar uh this is an awesome next gig for him and i'm so excited to see how this movie turns out yeah he's having I just hate that we have to wait mm-hmm. anthony what about yourself yeah no this is a great team up um i'm super excited for the next version of the spider-verse i'm just interested to see where the story you know how they get back to that spider-verse storyline and what consequences does it have on miles and and i and the rest of the team. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, especially with this, uh, this new um, team up. Now, do you guys think that there is a, there's trouble in the water for them to go this whole new route or that it's just a new fresh take. That's all that it is. 
I just think it's them keeping wanted to keep fresh voices in it. Um, you know, Spider-Man and Sony are in a really interesting spot right now with uh, we know that they just made that deal with Apple. Sorry, not with Apple, with Disney Plus to also have their streaming content on Disney Plus. So I just think it's about them just diversifying their content. And I think the original directors for Spider-Verse either maybe gone on to work on other things. And we know that, you know, Amy Pascal and Phil Lord, Chris Miller, they're continuing to carry that torch forward um, as producers on this project. And having a new directors to come in isn't always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like you want new people to be coming in to keep th- things fresh. Um, especially, you know, I think um, in an animated form, you may be able to get away with it a little bit more than you would a live action movie, especially because Spider-Verse has such a distinct visual language that's already been established in the first movie. Um, so I don't think this will be a drastic change from that, but I do think having a, a more deeper story is something that they're going after. Maybe why they're leaning um, to, towards uh, people like this, especially Kemp Powers. The, the question I have is three directors is quite a bit. And, you know, there's always going to be, you know, how do they blend and how do they work together as a team to make this movie uh, happen. So I'm hopeful that they they have some sort of chemistry that they create a really good movie for uh, for the audience, and there's no issues regarding creative differences um, between them. Mm-hmm. I remember during our um, go ahead, sorry. No, no, please shape go. I was just gonna say I remember during our interview with Kevin Lima, we talked about you know how as a director on an animated film, what it's like to, to split that responsibility with two people. I remember, I remember him saying that he loved that experience and how, you know, yes, they, they collaborated really well on, on what was getting done. And it kind of helped that burden of, you know, watching one team and watching another. Uh, I'm sure with a film as massive as uh, Into the Spider-Verse, three directors will still feel like a lot of work. And, uh, you know, but they've got a great producing team behind them. I mean, Avi Arad and uh, Amy Pascal are Spider-Man veterans. So and of course, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are just the best in the business. So I, I definitely think uh, the three directors, um, sh- it'll be tough still, um, but I'm sure it'll be a much easier process than two or one. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I, and I think going back to the first film, I remember. Um, interviews with because the first one had three directors too and I think uh, um, Rodney Rothman was saying that like you know we have three different things we all have a different skill set that we work so some people work you know with the layout team the animation team some people work directly with the actors and um, on an animated project that that's big I think you need to be able to spread yourself like that so I think three directors helps and um, but you're right Anthony I think that's three three directors is still three different voices and three different uh opinions that you're always on top of the producers and the, everybody involved so that's a lot of cooks in the kitchen but right um we know they've done it before and i'm hopefully uh they could do it again because into the spider-verse i think is such a a high bar like it is like it's like following up and again not a lot of people may agree with this but spider-verse is such a beloved film that's like following up toy story like a modern day toy story of how of how beloved it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i agree yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for this. Our next story, TV ratings. Oscars plummet to record low, down 58% compared to last year. This is coming from Monica Marie Zarilla of Variety. The 93rd Academy Awards ceremony broadcasts live from both Union Station and the Dolby Theater in LA on ABC hit a staggering low. 
per Nielsen live plus same day preliminary national numbers, an average of 9.85 million viewers tuned in on Sunday evening to watch a more intimate and stripped down version of the Oscars in the midst of a pandemic. That's a 58.3% drop. 13.75 million viewers dropped off from last year. Uh, the Academy, the Academy's third hostless show in a row, scored a 1.9 rating among adults 18 to 49 in the fast national ratings, and that's a 64.2 percent uh, dip from 2020. To kind of give you some context, uh, around 2014, uh, we saw about an average of 43.7 million. Uh, viewers. So in the past seven years, we've dropped to 9.8. And, and each year, it's they've lost about three to two million people. But this is a big drop from last year. Anthony, before we're not going to talk so much about, I guess, the show right now. But, but what are your thoughts on the ratings, at least, and how the viewers are doing? It's It's not surprising. Every year, it like award ceremonies in general go down and down and down. Um, and they're also more available than ever before. I, I know this year they they had options of streaming it on YouTube and going through all different channels of, of watching it. But I don't think a lot of people like watching award ceremonies anymore. I, I think that's a, I don't know. Personally, I grew up with them, but I don't see the newer generation really caring about watching you know these awards from grammys to emmys to oscars it's kind of like it's a a past um event Tr- that tradition? you tradition yeah that you would watch on tv because there was nothing else to do and now with social media and gaming and all these other elements i I just don't see how award ceremonies are really reaching out to the audience to really get them engaged in watching them yeah i uh, i you know what i'll have more to say about that in a second but daniel what about yourself i think anthony's uh, anthony's so right i think um the younger generation doesn't really care as much about about these award ceremonies but i also think that the older generation hasn't given them a reason to care. You know, if you look at the Oscars from 20 years ago, you look at the Oscars today, what's changed? Nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still the same format. It's still the same people there. It's still the same categories. Yes, there's been changes behind the scenes. Yes, they've made, um, they've evolved in the last couple of years to make them more diverse. But at the end of the day, there's still people going up on stage. There's still these uh, weird commercial breaks. There's still these weird decisions that, Make it unengaging. Plus, you have a show that's on cable that most people, I would say in the States and in Canada, North America, don't have cable. You're, you're sanctioning off such a huge group of people who would want to watch it. If this was like the Game Awards, which I think we were going to eventually talk about, the Game Awards is only going up each year in viewership. And that's a large part to what Jeff Keighley is doing to make it accessible for all platforms, no matter what you're watching on. It could be... Uh, a PlayStation, an Xbox, an Apple TV, YouTube, Twitch, wherever you are, they're going to you where the Oscars are like, no, we're going to sit on our golden throne and make you buy cable or make you subscribe to this channel to come to us. And I don't think that's going to work. If you want to have an Oscars that's going to survive the future, you have to modernize it. You got to really reevaluate how you uh, put the show together. You got to look at where you're having these commercial breaks. You got to think about the surrounding events. Look at the Super Bowl. Look at Game Awards. 
They have things premiering during the event. What was the big movie trailer yesterday? West Side Story. You know, and it came out before <laughs> at the beginning of the show. Give people a reason to watch and they'll tune in. The Game Awards get such a huge viewership because they announced there's huge game announcements there. If they're the, if they were if Disney was marketing, hey, the first trailer for Eternals is airing exclusively on during the Oscars, that would bring up so many more people to watch it or or Miss Marvel or whatever shows or movies are coming down. They need to look at these things because 58% in one year drop, that is terrible. And it's not going to survive if they keep that up that way. 10 years from now, I don't know what the Oscars are going to look like, but I really hope they don't look like last night. Yeah, no, I think you... I'm done. No, <laughs> so that, was a, that was a well-placed rant, and uh, I totally agree with you. I think uh, the biggest thing is incentive, right? And Anthony, you're right as well. I grew up watching these shows, so that's kind of why I keep watching. And also, I... I love the pageantry behind it, um, and I and I love having a stake in in these movies that I love so much, and kind of like hoping that my favorite team, you know, is gonna win. But but yeah, the incentive is gone. There's there's really not much to to see there. A lot of people getting nominated are the same people that have been getting nominated my whole life, and you know, seeing Anthony Hopkins, seeing Glenn Close, Meryl Streep, all these people, it's great. I'm so glad they're getting nominated, but. You know, those people have stopped watching the show and most people now are moving on from it. So give us a reason to watch the show and people will come. You know, that's just kind of how I feel. Next story that we have here, Captain America 4 is in the works with Falcon and the Winter Soldier showrunner Malcolm Spellman. This is coming from Boris Kitt. And his boy, Aaron Couch from The Hollywood Reporter. The head writer and creator of Disney Plus and Marvel's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is developing a fourth installment of the Captain America film franchise for Marvel Studios. Spellman will co-write the script with Delon Musan, a staff writer on Falcon the Winter Soldier. This feature is likely to continue the story of Sam Wilson, played by Anthony Mackie, and the current wielder of The Shield. As the writers get to work, it will be inter- interesting to see how the story unfolds with there now being multiple people who have been Captain Americas in the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. The no director is attached and Evans' involvement return remains unconfirmed. Marvel was tight-lipped as usual. Daniel, what are your thoughts on this, this amazing news? Uh, awesome. You know, like I think what Malcolm Spellman did with the show is pretty amazing um you know the ending and covid related changes aside um i think it's still an amazing falcon story and it's still an amazing sam wilson becoming captain america story and um this is awesome if i look at uh delan uh the episode that he's credited with he actually directed sorry he actually wrote episode five which is truth which was i think one of the strongest episodes of the series where we're getting um, that that fight against you know John Walker and Sam and Bucky and everything. There's a lot of development happening there, but um, this is great. I know there was also rumors of Chris Evans returning. I don't know if that's for this project or another separate project that they're doing, but I'm glad that Marvel isn't done with Captain America. I'm glad that we don't have to wait to see or hopefully wait to see Sam Wilson in a in a movie until the next Avengers movie because I think uh, it was such celebration with him taking on that role and he's so damn good at our, our new cap and I just want to see more of him. So I'm, I'm all for this and I love that um, Marvel is especially, which I think 
we've all spoken about, and I know Anthony and I have spoken about that um, it's important to have these shows mean something and not just feel like they are one-offs. You make them feel that these are leading these. There's no difference between this and a movie quality wise. We know that. And now story wise, that's also going to hold true going forward. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Anthony, what about yourself? But yeah, I'm super excited for a Sam Captain America full on movie. Um, you called it, Anthony. Uh, you said it like in episode two. You're like, give it to me. So yeah, like I just we we got a poster today of him in his with his shield and the look, and he has the pose, and man, it, it looks so he looks epic as the character. Um, I was a little weary with Anthony Mackie playing this iconic character, but I think he did a really good job uh, with uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm I'm interested to see where what his who his enemy is in this storyline and. You know, with with Captain America, Steve Rogers, it was always Hydra and and battling the espionage type of uh, storylines. And now that Sam's there, he was always that sidekick, that second guy. So who who who's his villain? Who what connects to him? So I'm looking forward to seeing what Marvelous has uh, set up for him. Also, I'm interested to see where Bucky goes. Is Bucky? One day it might be Captain America too. Who knows? Um, Who knows? He he his his character is really important in the Marvel universe, especially with the Captain uh, America title. So I'm looking forward to seeing if he's going to be part of that storyline. And you know, Chris Evans hopefully coming back as old Cap, um, or maybe an alternate version of Cap. Who knows? Um, I know at one point he was. Old Cap and Lead Shield for a bit, but um, I don't like. It's so hard with these characters because you 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 don't know what to do with them after a very long time. Like who who's Captain America after Sam, and who's Captain America after um, Bucky? If that's that's the 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 plan, like who's going to be Captain America? Because if they're going to continue making Marvel movies, you're always going to have these characters. It's so difficult to make them. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the next Iron Man? Who's the next Thor? Who's who's the next Hulk? It's just it's it's so difficult, and this is where I feel like this is the biggest challenge for a Marvel universe is how do we continue to telling these stories? Because <laughs> it's not like a comic book; yeah. you can't just change every yeah, you know, twenty and people, age, 20, right? and people age, and you can't change the book. Like the book, you can change because they don't age, so. Right. But, but but I think it's interesting, though, you know, what you said, you know, we know going forward, you know, Hulk or Bruce Banner is going to be in She-Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Bree Re- Re- Williams is going to be Ironheart. Uh, we know, you know, Jane Foster is coming back to be uh, to wield the, the hammer in Thor Love and Thunder. So at least Marvel is thinking about these very things that we're speculating. Right. We mm-hmm. know that they they keep these top of mind and they're going to keep trying telling interesting stories. I mean, I don't think any of us expected falcon and winter soldier to be the type of story that it was right i don't think any of us expected to care about wanda and vision and bucky and sam as much as we did going into their series but leaving their series we have such a a deep connection to them and to their their stories that uh i don't think any of us anticipated yeah 
Yeah, I mean, you guys hit it on the head there. I don't know why I'm doing an accent. Um, I don't, dude. I don't. What's going on? I don't know. That what was that? a Taika Taika accent. It was a Taika accent. You, I was you doing Taika. You said you said Thor, and I thought of Thor Ragnarok, and then I thought of the scene uh, with the hammer. But exactly that. Hema. So uh, I think my mind was still in that in that area, but <laughs> I. You know, the Anthony, you bring up that point of like, we have to keep telling these stories and you're right. They can't just stop Captain America's stories. He's integral to the to the Marvel uh, universe. And now we're fi- like seeing uh, seeing uh, Sam now as Captain America is so interesting. It's such a unique experience to kind mm-hmm. of witness this and to know that he's getting a movie now is very, very exciting. I haven't been this excited for the MCU in, in quite a while. You know, you think that at the end of Endgame, you're like, okay, now I can finally relax. But it's like, no, 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 no. We're really just getting started, I promise you. And Kevin Feige has some great ideas, I think, up his sleeve uh, or under his hat, I guess you could say. Um, so I'm really excited to see. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to see where he kind of goes forward with it. Two years ago today, we watched Endgame. We did. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Back when the world was normal. We watched yeah. it uh, uh, back to back. Too. back to back yeah uh, what a what a, what a great experience so that's all we have for news but some quick updates oscar winner another round in is, is in a remake deal with leonardo dicaprio's appian way make ready and endeavor content so let's see what happens uh i don't think i mean i have again i haven't finished another round yet but i can already say i don't want to Hollywood remake of that movie. I almost never want a Hollywood <laughs> remake of any movie, really. Yeah. So with Leo to star in it too. Yeah, you know, uh, Russell Crowe to play Zeus in Thor: Love and Thunder. Jim Henson biopic in the works. Coda hits Apple TV Plus August thirteenth. John Wick spinoff series The Continental will focus on a young Winston and have ninety minute episodes. From any of Welcome those quick to the Continental. <laughs> from any of those quick updates, is there anything that you folks wanted to touch on? Uh, make sure you watch Coda. We have a review that we dropped in January, back when we saw it at Sundance. We'll probably do a, another review for it when we when it comes out in August because it's such a damn good movie. And um, I'm so glad that Apple's not waiting too long to get this out there for people to watch because I'm hoping next Oscar season it's going to be a big contender. Yeah, it's that August time period where it's going to be hopefully fresh of mind. Anthony, what about yourself? Uh, not much. Um, I, I would say like <laughs> Russell Crowe playing Zeus is interesting. I know that was uh, he said it by accident, and and uh, I like Russell Crowe, so I'm I'm curious to see how you know. Now we're getting into Greek gods with Norse gods, so that's cool. I wonder what uh, Thor does to uh, piss him off. <laughs> Once Kratos coming, yeah, yeah. I'm literally thinking, but yeah, that's cool. Um, and then you know, John Wick's uh, spinoff series, the Continental, ninety-minute episodes are—that's a long episode. They must have yeah. a lot of story to tell about Mister Young Winston. Unless they do the BBC route and do ninety-minute episodes, but only like three or four. Yeah, that could be it. That could be it. Yeah, cool. Let's jump into trailers. 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 That was great. I felt like That's I was good. going there for a while. I was like, oh my God, please, please, <laughs> somebody, good. please, somebody come in. <laughs> there was a bit of a delay on the second one. So I'm like, oh, is Anthony going to go? Am I going to go? I'm, right. Yeah, um, but I'm glad. I, 
I think we nailed it. I think we stuck the landing. Yeah. So we got a lot of great trailers. There's there's two in particular that I really want to talk about. Um, we have Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Annette, Ted Lasso season two, West Side Story, Nightwalk, Master of None season three, and The Conjuring: The Devil Made Me Do It. Uh, I think off the bat, let's talk about Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, this trailer dropped on Simu Liu's birthday, who's playing Shang-Chi. And wow, what a what a wicked trailer. I, I loved the the ode to, you know, old Chinese wood Chinese Chinese wood. I was <laughs> old Chinese, Chinese, Chinese wood? I was trying to combine <laughs> Hulk. borderline racist, That is borderline. I know. promise I wasn't trying to be. I was combining China and Hollywood together. No, you just stuttered. It's all good. <laughs> China wood. Uh, and um, I, I love how they're combining all those old uh, Chinese movies, like I thought of immediately Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon when they were doing that fight sequence and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was really, really cool. I love Simu Liu. He's very charming, especially on on Kim's Convenience. Uh, also, he's from Mississauga, Ontario and, you know, we're right by there. So, that's that's a, that's that's really wicked for us to see, and uh, yeah, Aquafina, she's having a great, great couple of years right now and uh, seeing her in this, I, I'm down for that. Let, let's let's see how it goes. Did you guys have any thoughts on Shang Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings? It looks so. It looks a lot of fun. You know, I think uh, Shang Chi is like a new a character that not a lot of people have any real background with, unless you're like a super fan or really into the comics. But I think Marvel's done so good at making these characters that we don't know too much about, like Guardians of the Galaxy, um, like so many others that they brought to the forefront of their of their film worlds, and now they are top-tier characters. I mean, a lot of people forget that Iron Man wasn't really... Iron Man wasn't a household name when he was... when his movie was coming out in 2008. You know, like, comic book fans knew him. He was an asshole in the comics, but Marvel and Robert Downey Jr. and John Favreau turned him into uh, one of the most iconic characters ever on film. And uh, Shang-Chi there's a great chance for that to happen here. And um, he's just part of the new wave of characters. And I know, yeah, like you were saying, Shay, the inspirations, you know, his character himself was based off of like Bruce Lee and you kind of got vibes of Bruce Lee movies. And you also got like the Jackie Chan kind of style fighting as well too, which is more over the top with the kicks and everything too. So it looks, it looks a lot of fun. That, that double kick on the bus. Are you kidding me? That was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It looks awesome. Reminds me of um, Ant-Man. Yes. Also San Francisco too. Yeah. It reminds me of Ant-Man, the caliber of um, a character that's not well-known. Because Ant-Man is not, like, the Ant-Man that's portrayed in the Marvel Universe is not well-known. He's, you know, the Lang version, not the... Yeah, he's Ant-Man too. (laughs) Yes. So even, like, Shang-Chi, he's a character that's not well-known, but he has extraordinary powers, and he can do all these amazing things, and he brings a culture that is missing from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that's that's definitely, definitely important to diversify their characters. Um, I'm trying to picture him in like in a in an Avengers movie. I just I don't know how if he would be an Avenger, if be part of that team. Like whenever I think of Avengers, it's it's so hard to like put them in scope of Iron Man and Thor and Captain Marvel, these yeah. huge like characters, and then you got Shang Chi, which is he's great, but he's like a defender. He's not an Avenger. 
But maybe that's where they're going with. Maybe they're going with a, maybe. a defender type of a heroes for a hire uh, storyline. Because I know yeah. that there's talk. Give me new Luke. Uh, give me new Luke Cage. Give me new Iron Fist. Yeah. You know, like let's get these like New York City heroes. What about Daredevil. There. Exactly. Oh, buddy. Because he's more of a street fighter. You know, that's that's how I look at this character. He helps people on the streets. He's mm-hmm. not the guy who's going to be flying to the outer space and doing, you know, martial arts out there, right? Like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't make me laugh. Um, but yeah, he's, a, he's that ground fighter that they need in the Marvel mm. Universe for whatever big event. Like, I could see him definitely in a Scrolls type of storyline, fighting mm. Scrolls yeah. in San Francisco. Um, I'm excited, man. Yeah, yeah. it I'm looked really, really, really good. I think the cinematography was really, really good, and I'm looking. Bill Pope. For- yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, awesome. Bill Pope is his first Marvel movie, and he's known for The Matrix, uh, a lot of Edgar Wright films. Like he's done a lot. He's of He's got a movies great list. He- yeah, Spider Man Two, did, like Jungle Book, Baby Driver. Um, I'm just, I'm just going through. Yeah, pretty much all of Edgar Wright's films he's done. Uh, Spider-Man 2, I said, uh, a lot. Yeah. So I think it's cool that you have a, a, a we can trust for that caliber <laughs> Yeah, on that. You know, get awesome. those Matrix shots in there. Ooh, yeah. And I think um, that that scene, it's funny, that scene, I guess, um, when they're out in the field and the camera kind of tilts and she, uh, whoever that character is, flies in the air. It reminded me a lot of the dojo scene, um, the dojo training scene from the Matrix. Just yeah, the way definitely. that it was framed. Yeah. With the lion kind of like fighting alongside of them. Yes. In, yes. in Shang-Chi. Yeah. Yes. Um, Ted Lasso, though. Ted that Lasso. That's the next week. one. Yeah. Yeah. What, uh, we got that nice little surprise at the uh, Apple uh, spring loaded uh, event. We're, I mean, at least Daniel and I love Ted Lasso. Anthony, you still have to watch it, I think, right? That's correct. Yeah. I haven't watched any of it. Daniel, what, how did you feel after this Ted Lasso trailer? I just kept yelling barbecue sauce at people. <laughs> you know, I just kept yelling barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. You know, like, uh, I mean, again, I love Ted Lasso. I think when I remember when the trailer first came out last summer and we were talking about it on the show and we were just like, yeah, it's just this, you know, it's just this uh, Jason Sudeikis show. Whatever. He's like a coach. Yeah. Um, and then I remember our friend of the show, Nate, uh, he messaged me. He's like, dude, like, the show's really good. You should watch it. I'm like, all right, Nate. All right, then. I'll I'll, I'll watch uh, Ted Lasso. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and then I was like an episode or two into it. I messaged him. I was like, dude, this is so good. Uh, and I remember like messaging our group chat. Like, yeah, the show's really good. And then I just completely fell in love with it. And I've watched it. I'm rewatching it again now. I've, this is my probably my fourth time watch going through it. And it's just it's just so good. And like. It's it's so it's so interesting, like you know, like when you're kind of giving the elevator pitch of the show, it's like, yeah, it's about this really positive coach who uh he's a football coach, but now he's coaching soccer or football um in the UK. And it's kind of just about that. And like on the surface level, you're just like, Okay, that's interesting, I guess, but the show's not even about that. You know, like the real like the real themes of the show's not really even I wouldn't even bring soccer up in the conversation. Um, it's just such a it's just such a damn well made show, and I'm just so excited that we don't have to wait too long because it comes out in July, correct? Yes, uh, July 23rd. I'm so excited. Or is it June 23rd? I'm so excited for it. Hmm. July 23rd. July 23rd, I think. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally there with you. I'm I'm so excited for this. I absolutely love this show. I'm actually going to start my second or third rewatch now. I think, yeah, third rewatch, and 
yeah, this is this is. Uh, I remember I, I remember I watched the first episode and texted you about. It. I'm like, hey, I'm watching the sh- that Ted Lasso show. We watched the first episode. It was okay, and then and then you messaged me after. You're like, yeah, I'll try. I think because I think Nate had messaged you at the same time as well. And then you did like two or three episodes, and you're like, dude, you should continue with Ted Lasso. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember messaging you, and you're like, yeah, dude. I, I so I, I remember watching. Listen, man, revisionist history. Like, I remember messaging you to watch it because I already watched like four episodes of it. No, I, I, I had already finished the first episode and I texted you, but I'm like, yeah, I watched the first episode. Like before you had told me about it. Oh, okay. But I, yes. I was, I think I was already watching it. Not, not that it matters. I'm just, I like, think you should just like, I don't know man, why you're spending too much time on just, Ted Lasso. I'm just going to say, I just, it's not the Oscars. I just okay. Think that Shay needs to know <laughs> that. I told him, yeah, dude, I'm like four episodes deep. Watch it because it gets better. Anthony, I think you'd love the show, man. I, cause especially yeah. the character of Roy Don't Kent. Tell me what no, I will love. You you no, are a hundred percent Anthony is hundred percent hundred percent Roy Kent. And uh, you know what? I would love to have Brett Goldstein on this show. I know he has a podcast as well. Um was it at that Films to be buried films with Films to be buried with. That's it. And you know, I, he is my favorite character on the show. Anthony, you would absolutely love this character. So yeah, definitely, definitely. Who is it? Roy Kent is the name of the character. Is he an asshole? Um, he's yes. he's just a person. Let's just say that. <laughs> See, why he's am a I footballer. An asshole? He's a footballer. No, 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 no. I'm not. You're not an asshole. We're saying that you're going to like him. That's all. We didn't say you are him. You're going to like his asshole. Um, <laughs> last one that I kind of want to just jump into real quick because it, it dropped last night uh, was was West Side Story. First, I want to talk about that poster that came out, which was a black wall with white text on it that said West Side Story. And I'm like, oh, is this like a Wall Street movie? What is this? Like, it looks like a political thriller for some reason, directed by Steven Spielberg. It reminded me a little bit of like this, like the Godfather poster from the seventies, like just a black, just black on white, with yeah. the white text. Yeah. You're like, what? What is this? Very bizarre. Um, and then this this teaser trailer kind of drops, and it's it's more of like a mood building trailer, not no actual songs in it, just the music and no actual dialogue. I think I can't remember. If it, was it dialogue? I think so. Not real. There there was like singing, but it was. It, what's really interesting about it is that it's. It, it just we've seen a lot of screenshots from this movie and a lot of the shots were the screenshots i mean there was that great shot of the shadows of the people Very walking cool. in the room great you know classic spielberg silhouette shot but uh other than that i was just like oh this is kind of just okay like call me when there's actually like something to get excited about yeah it was too much of a tease mm. it felt like the teaser that plays in front of a trailer that you're about to watch right. you know when they do like yes. the, oh the trailer's out now the one for youtube that it felt you know, it feels like that, and then we didn't. Then there was no payoff. You know, we, we have the movie In the Heights coming out this summer from Warner Brothers, and I and I feel like that teaser trailer and those trailers got me hyped for a musical. This feels too much like, oh, we're the classic musicals, so remember us, you'll love us no matter what. Whereas In the Heights was trying to sell me on the movie, and I and I was like, oh yeah, I'm down for this. Yeah. At one point, I thought it was. I was watching the trailer for the old. West Side Story. I'm like, whoa, this looks. And then I thought, oh, it's 4K remastered. Why am I? Even... There probably is one. And then I thought, why are they remaking this if it's a like for like remake of the actual West Side Story, which is still phenomenal. Like, I think there is a 4K version of it. Um, and it just sets the mood for that time period. And then you have In the Heights, um, that's kind of like similar, but more modern for our generation which mm-hmm. makes sense 
So I don't know what the purpose and what why spend the time making a remake of West Side Story. Like why invest mm-hmm. that money when you already had and this is just Hollywood banking on nostalgia. Let's let's re- remake something that's already perfectly well done. And you get Steven Spielberg who doesn't make sense. Like this I guess this yeah. is his first musical. I don't think he's done a musical before. Did he do musicals with dinosaurs before? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I would have rather watch that. I, I would always watch a musical with dinosaurs over anything, really. Uh, anything else you want to add there, Daniel? You're, you have this this look on your face right now that's like, mm, what's yeah. that story? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I'm good. I'm I'm good. Thank you for asking. Uh, Master of None, season three. Uh, I just really want, really quickly wanted yeah. to touch on too. Go ahead. Uh, very season three is not focusing on Aziz Ansari's character. It's focusing on Lena uh, White. White? Oh, I, I'm like, White's character, um, which is an interesting change up. I know Aziz directed and wrote the series, like season three. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how it turns out because it's like a, we we've known like her character obviously from the show from the past, and she has some great episodes of the show, but um, it's a total character. I guess leading role switch up. So I'm really curious to see because you know Master of None has been a, a very anticipated show for a lot of people. Going to season three and to kind of have season three without it, I guess continuing the story of where we left things off in two is going to be an interesting move. So I believe it's a shorter it season as well, six episodes, I believe, maybe less. Yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah, unless they do like a part one, part two thing. Yeah, yeah they could. Out this week, we have Without Remorse, April 30th, Prime Video. Our review will be out Wednesday or tomorrow, if you're listening to this, the day that this came out. Wednesday, 12 p.m. You get to hear Shay and I talk about Without Remorse. Correct. And then we have The Mitchells versus The Machines, April 30th on Netflix as well. Our review for that is already out. And uh, spoiler alert, there's one that we prefer more than the other. Um, And it's the one on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's one i have a lot of remorse for watching uh, which one is it daniel <laughs> you have to guess <laughs> all right let's jump into what we're watching anthony let's start off at the top with you yeah so this week i completed peaky blinders i finished um season five i know there's a season six coming out shortly they are currently filming so looking forward to that really enjoy uh thomas shelby's character and the rise of his family and looking forward to seeing where he goes now um i think this the next season should focus more closer to world war ii and his uh political gain within the season uh, within the series i put on we i watched the, the mitchells versus the machines which we have a review for coming out april 30th I put on Captain America Winter Soldier because, you know, I really loved Captain America and, you know, sorry, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I wanted to see more Winter Soldier, so I put that on. I put on Guardians of the Galaxy 2 because I only watched it once and I needed to watch it again to remember how much I liked it. It was a really, really funny um, Guardians. I actually enjoyed it, and I enjoyed um, Rocket Raccoon. I think he stole the show in that... Uh, 100% in that movie. That's, that's his movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Rocket's movie oh, yeah. for sure. He's so damn good. Bradley Cooper is so damn good as Rocket. Yeah. Uh, Mortal Kombat, I watched. I enjoyed. 
there are parts of it that I didn't enjoy. Um, my little review for it is I think it's worth the watch for the for the action sequences. Story and script and acting should be better. It just felt cheesy, felt something like out of the 90s. Uh, especially with, you know, the line of the, the lines that were given, <laughs> especially by Jax for some reason, like Jax just, he's just cheesy. I'm like, he's very corny, corny, corny. Um, but I enjoyed the fight sequences between Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Um, all the other characters, like even the new dude who was introduced, Cole, Cole who fought Goro. I like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. I just don't know. Um, I thought Kano was great. Sonya Blade, not so much. I actually like Cabal. He was funny. Mm -hmm. And I liked his character. And I liked his, uh, his his sequences in the, in the show, in the movie. Liu Kang. I don't know. I'm going through all these characters. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, I'm like, dude, are you going to like, Rasta whole roster? How long have you been listening to Anthony review Mortal Kombat? Well, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, my dad, uh, we used to play the game a lot. Uh, okay, Anthony, let's let's. Where is he? you? Know, Kung Lao, Shang Tsung. Uh, no, but you know what? It's a it's a it's a good movie for the action sequences. Everything mm, yeah. else is. This- but it has so much potential to be that movie. You know, like. We look at comic. That's why I'm excited for the sequel. Right. I'm hoping the sequel. There's a stepping stone there. Right. Right. Like comic book movies don't have any like. They they're not you know they're comic book movies they're they're beyond like belief we should only be liking them for their action sequences not for their stories but you know Marvel and even DC have changed that so why can't we do that for video games why mm-hmm. can't we make this a serious thing where they can be praised not for its cheesiness or for its action, but for its story and, and gripping um, the audience. So that's, that's what I want from these video game movies and Mortal Kombat has potential. You see it there. It's just, it's, you know, hopefully the second, second movie does it. Um, sure. Put on the Avengers, which I haven't watched in a very long time and Ava- Avengers age of Ultron. Awesome. Which I really, yeah. really liked. I think, Ultron was a great villain. He was, he was a really, really good villain. I think his just his idea of what he expected the human race to be, and how a little bit of Tony was in him, and just I think James Spader did a really good job with voicing, yeah, uh, Ultron, and sure, just the battles that we see in with uh, Iron Man and Hulk, really, really good. For sure, oh man, that's that scene is just. Amazing! That sequence. I wanted that Iron Hulk, Man, I mean, Hulk Buster, and remember, like, remember when we were watching? What was it uh, uh, not Endgame? What is it? Infinity, Infinity War. War, and he gets beaten up by Thanos. I'm like Thanos. Yeah, this is the Hulk, dude. Like this guy doesn't stop at all. He's not even that. Thanos. Thanos is not as strong as the Hulk, and he just took him out, and just it didn't compute to me. I'm like this. This is not the Hulk. We, I want Savage Hulk. And I, we got him in Age of Ultron. I really liked his character. He was really angry yeah. in that movie. Yeah, he was a little upset. Daniel, what about yourself? <laughs> uh, this week, I didn't watch too much. Maybe I'm forgetting stuff, but uh, I watched uh, the 1995 Mortal Kombat film. Mm-hmm. 
which I haven't seen in so long. I rewatched Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge, which is a great animated film. Uh, because I was excited for the Apple event, I watched Steve Jobs, which is just... Um, yes, I know it was nominated for Oscars, but I don't think that movie gets talked nearly about enough. I think it's just so wonderfully made. Yes, it will forever be one of those what-if movies. What if David Fincher directed it? What if Christian Bale starred in it? Uh, like You always think about those things, but I think Danny Boyle gave, gave us a phenomenal film, um, and definitely it's worth your time to watch it. Uh, watch, obviously, Falcon and Winter Soldier. You could catch our episode review and reaction up about that now. Mortal Kombat, the new one. Shay and I have a review up on the feed as well, too. And Without Remorse, which we will have tomorrow, if you're listening to this. So on the 28th. Uh, and, of course, the Oscars, which we're going to talk about very soon. Yeah. Uh, for myself, uh, Mortal Kombat 95 uh, doesn't hold up. Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion's Revenge, which I absolutely loved. That was such a wicked, so good. So good. wicked animated film. Uh, it came out last year, so I highly recommend that. Ant-Man and the Wasp, my girlfriend and I are again continuing our Marvel rewatch. Uh, well, her first watch, and now we have Captain Marvel left, and then we finally get to find out what really happened at the end of Infinity War. Because my girlfriend's like, are they gone? Like, what's going on here? I'm like, you'll see. You'll see. Um, Falcon the Winter Soldier. I watched Invincible and caught up, except for the last episode. So just one episode behind right now. Uh, How are you enjoying it? I, I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, it's not. That's what I forgot to put on. It's not uh, the most immediate show that I go to, I think. But I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing so far. And I, and I think there's a lot of potential there. I'm also not familiar, too familiar with the character. So uh, maybe it, that's why it's not hitting me as hard. But, I, but I'm still really, really enjoying it. I love all the voice actors in it, too. Definitely. Um, to prepare for the Oscars, I wanted to rewatch Sound of Metal because I haven't seen it since TIFF and absolutely loved it again. I thought it was phenomenal and I'm, I'm glad to see what it got at the Oscars. Uh, Mortal Kombat, Without Remorse, the 93rd Oscars. And I also started watching uh, that show Dave on FX starring Little Dicky. Um, he's playing himself and he's basically a white rapper trying to make it big. And based on the fact that he is a more of like a punchline artist, like he just kind of makes jokes instead of actually rapping about, you know, the more the more common things. Uh, so, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I really enjoyed that first episode. So I'm excited to kind of dive into it uh, further. So I also watched Moneyball. I just added it to the list. Another Aaron Sorkin. Hey, you're probably in the mood after yeah. that. I was in the mood because I was thinking of Charles Chicago 7, uh, Steve Jobs. Moneyball, just Aaron Sorkin trilogy. That's a trilogy right there. Now you got to watch Social Network. <laughs> now I do. So does Anthony. Oh. <laughs> Let's jump into our topic of the show. So we have a recap of what the hell happened at the 93rd Oscars. Daniel, do you want to kick us off here? Because I know you had a lot of passion before when we talked about the ratings. I I'm wondering if it's still within you right now. Yeah, the fire's still within me. I think the... Here's the thing. I don't think the whole show was bad. Because I think the, a good chunk of the show I was really enjoying. I liked that it was a different location. I liked that it was a different setup. The whole show was shot, um, you know, in... With, you know, with... In, it was like 2 by 35 The 2 by 35 in 24 frames per second. Uh, it was really cool. It was produced by Steven Soderbergh, which... Oh, Ocean's Eleven. I also watched that last night. It's all coming back to me now. Um... It was, it was all fine. 
it was a different type of event. There was people at different venues, which I thought it was cool, but it was nice to have a, an award show that kind of felt normal after the year that we've had. But then we get to the last hour of the show and it's like, we have an immemorium that I think is one of the worst immemoriums we've ever seen in my life in the sense of literally just having pictures of these people sped up it's like you put it's like you put a podcast on it's like you're if you're listening to our show at two times the speed it's going ridiculously fast the song choice is i believe a stevie wonder song um it was a and i guess yes it's a celebration of people's lives but it's very just upbeat and very just like happy go lucky and it doesn't really land and then the biggest controversies of the night i think is them switching up the award categories so it goes Instead of ending with best picture, it ends with best actor. And that's a gamble that I think the producers, Steven Soderbergh and whoever the producers of the show took, because I think they truly believe Chadwick Boseman, who was the favorite to win the award, was going to win. And they were going to end with a really nice tribute and moment to him. Yes, that wasn't guaranteed. And yes, they didn't know. But the Academy knew. And I think ending on an award which I think Anthony Hopkins won, so which we'll talk about. Anthony Hopkins, best performance of the year, hands down. Him winning, 100% deserved. I wanted, I was so happy when he won. But what the Academy did by putting his award last, because he wasn't there, because they didn't allow for somebody to accept on his behalf, because they didn't allow for somebody to have, uh, to, for him to have a Zoom call or a pre-recorded message, you, make, you made people sour on his win, because it literally was Viking Phoenix saying, you know, we accept on his behalf. And then the show ends. Instead of ending it on an award where everybody's there, why didn't they just have Nomadland for Best Picture win at the end? Because that would have been a fun and exciting moment and a moment that Chloe Zhao would have been able to celebrate and end the show with. The way they spread out the awards this year was so bizarre. You know, they put Best Director so early in the night. And I promise I'm going to let you guys talk in a second. Uh, they put best director so early on in the night that, you know, that's always usually like a little giveaway of who's going to win best picture. You know, it's not a surprise when like, it, or at least it's more in their favor. Um, but I think what they did last night to really build up the best actor category as like this assumed tribute to Chadwick Boseman, because he got like a one second frame in a, in a, in memoriam. Um, I thought it was just kind of really, it backfired and it really blew up in the Oscars face and everybody was upset about it. Poor Anthony Hopkins who deserved his win. There's so much controversy surrounding it now. And it just, it was just such a weird, weird night for, for the Oscars. It just left a really poor taste in my mouth. And that's what kind of just bummed me out about it. That it just, it just ended so anticlimactically like that. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, it was a bummer for me. That was, that was a really big bummer for me that, 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 that happened. Mm-hmm. Anthony, what about yourself? Yeah, the the awards were super different this year. It you know for for such an intimate show, it was super long when it didn't have to be. Not at all. Like I thought it would be shorter. You know, with with less people and you know, be they quicker. Did the music and they did the music show before as well, right? And. But then the nom- the way they nominated or introduced the nominees for each category, they actually had like some sort of background story about 
where they came from. And I remember Laura Dern, she did a really good one. I actually enjoyed hers, uh, where she was talking about performances and making making it more intimate in the sense that, you know, you she was talking to each character, each um actor, um, and telling them, you know, what they did in their performance and how good it was and all that and praising them and then doing and then giving out the award but i thought for each one of those categories it didn't make sense and it prolonged this the show even longer when it should have been yes. shorter um I th- and the transitions from them right, right. like that i felt like every presenter sorry to cut you off anthony stumbled and stuttered on the transition into giving the actual award because they would tell all these elaborate backstories about people and then they'd be like uh and yeah this person you know, used to work at McDonald's and the award goes to, and you're just like, hold on, what? Like, what do you mean? We're, we're I want to know more about the McDonald's thing. What's going on with that? You you know, (laughs) it's just strange. Cause like, we didn't really have clips. We didn't really have montages. There was no really love of movies Mm -hmm. in the actual award shows. At least cause if there's one thing the Oscars are usually good at, is it fucking phenomenal montages? Yes. None of that. And, And I think that's where, you know, that that in memoriam was such a weird weird decision i remember just us texting in the group like is this going fast for anybody or is it is it just well, my tv they probably realized I fast they probably realized that you know it was already 11 o'clock yeah and they haven't even gotten to best actor and best actress <laughs> I think I think they sped it up because they realized they were running oh, out of totally. time. Did. Because I don't think But they had enough time for that music trivia so that, game. That's the thing. They had this trivia you know? game with with Little Rel uh coming out and now it's like, oh yeah, okay, we're going to play a song and it's going to be either it's best uh, it won best song or it was nominated or neither. And it's like, okay, this is kind of awkward, but sure. Let's is this go a with- wedding? Like, why is this a wedding yeah. game that we're just, playing? Let's now? go with it. It was so spontaneous, like it didn't blend in with the rest of the night. And I think, like, yeah. producers looked at the memorial memorial as memoriam as like we got it. We know they they've passed. Let's just shoot through it real quick. Because who's going to complain about it? No one, because they've all passed. So they go and and it's it's every year there's either it's too fast or someone's missing from the list or maybe there's someone who's not even dead on the list. Yeah, um, <laughs> I remember those. That's happened. That's I happened. remember those. Yeah. So it's like just let's um, get through it. We'll no one will care. They'll maybe. But 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 I think it was noticeable enough last night that a lot of people, at least on Twitter, were complaining. Oh about yeah, it. totally. I, I think if Chadwick won, it would have they would have not cared. They would have been like, yeah, because Chadwick was the one that he was the last. Uh, frame. Per, for, yeah, last frame on that memoriam, and it was so quick. It was just like usually they do like montages of their their work, of right? Their work, right? You know, and and that's what's upsetting. You know, like you again. There's no actor who's more important than the other, right? But there are more prolific actors, and when you see a list where you're blazing by Sean Connery, when you're blazing by Christopher Plummer, you you end on Chadwick, who has inspired millions of kids you would think that they would at least have something a little bit more for these actors which they've done in the past yeah. maybe slow it down have a little moment of him giving his speech doing wakanda forever it just felt like such a disgrace like it just it literally i don't like to use that word lightly it felt like it's it just left such a bad taste in my mouth after especially with this the whole tone of it and how the song was um, too hype this the song i was just like 
yes, it is a celebration of their life, but let's 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 also hit people in the feels a little bit. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't that. I was like, oh man, this is awkward. This is really weird. Yeah. And then the whole ending on best actor thing was very uh very strange decision. I, I to knew me. there was something off when they didn't nominate like they usually with the the Oscars, they always do either best uh, supporting actor and best um, or best supporting actress. actress as the first award, just to kind of like hit, get, get the hype, get the hype going, get people excited. But then they started off with screenplay and I'm like, Oh, that's yeah. interesting. They're doing that. And then when they, they gave out best director and they gave out best director before they even gave out best sound, best visual yeah. effects. I'm like, how do you give the award <laughs> for the, the person who is in charge of a movie before everyone else like they should be the last part of that production of a movie it just makes sense in my mind that a director is right before best actor and actress and picture that's how it should work um but yeah it was super strange and then the whole you know ending which was so awkward and and i kind of and i said it in the chat i kind of agree with uh joaquin phoenix that you know these award ceremonies they they're so like how do you provide how do you give an award for art like everyone in that deserves an award but how, there's no competition in being best actor like no one become no one says yeah i'm the best actor this year no one says i'm the best actress or this is the best story or best picture and it, and it made me think that you know we really can't judge art anymore like this is it's just so stupid like you can't judge art you just can't you can't give awards for art you just they're all great and i think for chadwick's legacy i think being black panther is the biggest thing he 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 has done in his career and i think that's bigger than winning a fucking award i think he's he's changed he he changed the way people see characters and he brought a culture out and he he became this god for them and i think that's that's really important especially for the black community i don't think winning a, a fucking award is going to make him bigger than what he did mm -hmm. with black panther yeah no i, I no wow i 100 percent agree with you I, I think that when you look at the show as a whole like you guys mentioned in the beginning it starts off really cool. You know, there's this like Bond-esque kind of vibe to it with um, Regina King walking into the Union Station. Great music. Uh, these title cards are coming up, really giving you that film feel. And then the show starts and you realize they're in a really tiny venue. Um, there's all these unnecessary like COVID restrictions that they're talking about, about how, oh, when they're on camera, they'll be wearing a mask. Like really like no one cares. Like we, we're moved past that now. Like just let's get to the point. And then you get to these awards and they're in such an interesting order. And at the beginning, I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I mean, let's, uh, sure. What's the worst that could happen? And I think saying that is what triggered this best actor, best actress fiasco at the very end there. I feel bad for, for um, Anthony Hopkins. I feel like he's getting a lot of unnecessary hate. It's not his fault that he won. It really isn't. He really deserved to win. I had him on my list and I obviously would have wanted Chadwick to get it. And I think in my mind, I was like, well, Chadwick's going to get it. But who would thought give the best performance 
was Anthony Hopkins. And I'm glad that he he shouted out uh, Chadwick in his speech uh, over TikTok or wherever I think they posted it or Twitter. <laughs> I, <laughs> on his social feeds. Well, yeah, yeah it was <laughs> – he's really big on TikTok, guys. Um, so seeing that kind of happen at least made me feel a bit better. Not a lot of people are going to see um, Anthony Hopkins' acceptance, but also not a lot of people watch the Oscars, so I don't know. It's, yeah, it's uh, only nine million people, right? <laughs> it's it was really just film Twitter watching, and I think that was the that was the idea at the end of it. Yeah, um, but there there are some moments from the Oscars that you know I really really liked, and and I think my favorite one was Best Supporting Actress. Huge smile on my face, you know, but my jaw was on the ground, being like. Wow, Yoon Jung Yoon for uh, you, you Yoon Jung for Minari. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm totally here what for it. Great surprise! And what a great, great surprise speech. You know what? I think every year we should have a Korean person win the Oscars because yeah. their speeches right now are the top top three for sure. They're the best. They're the best. Um, what are I mean? Other than I don't think Nomadland winning Best Picture. Of course, we have to say it. Um, that is the big winner of the night. I don't think that was a surprise to any one of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's why I don't think it's immediately come to mind. But the Oscars thrive on the chaos. They thrive on the drama. Right. And that's whether it's good or not. The Oscars have never been spoken about as much as they have been tonight. Four years ago, five years ago, when the La La Land Moonlight stuff happened. Right. Like those are those are the moments that suck. The Oscars want that because they want that conversation. And it just kind of goes back to any publicity is good publicity for them. Right. Um, I think some other big surprises of the night for me. Uh, Mank won best cinematography. Yeah. I think that was a, mm-hmm. that was a big one. Also won production design and uh, did it win? Did it win makeup I think as well? Two or three awards they won for oh, best cinematography. Um, Best production design, and I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. I'm just looking at. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, there's two awards, uh, which is more than a lot of people thought. Um, I think you know Pixar Soul winning. That's expected. I think Sound of Metal showing up winning for best sound and best film editing. The big. best film editing, I think, was a big surprise winner for them, and it was awesome. That was awesome seeing them because that movie is so damn good. Um, and I love seeing it get the respect that it deserves and, you know, seeing Riz there talking as well, too, and presenting. That was awesome to see. Um, I did horrible this year yeah. on my Oscar predictions. Honestly, this is the worst year that I've I've done. Anthony beat us this year. Uh, how many did you get, Anthony? Uh, 14. 14. I got 10 uh, this year. I got 11 out of 23. My uh, my personal best was 21 out of 23. Mm-hmm. That was, I think, three two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, but man, I just was off. Another big win was Emerald Fennel winning for, um, the, the original screenplay, right? Yeah. That's, it was huge. I think women, um, were, really showed up, really showed up and really like stood out in this year's Oscars, um, with, you know, best director and best, um, picture and, and, well, best actress, of course. It would be <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was so surprised that a woman won best actress. That uh, it was, it was bold. And then, it was bold. And then <laughs> best original screenplay. I think that you know there are pros to this Oscars. I just you know yes, definitely. But the the chaos is what sucks. That overshadows so much of that. Of course, that yeah. nobody's. Uh, yes, people are talking about Emerald Fennel. I don't mean to be sound, sound sort of reductive about it, but when you look at 
what's the most trending discussions right now about the Oscars on the Twitter. And I know it doesn't represent everyone, but it's the ending. Yeah. It's the last, th- it's the last 30 minutes of the show yeah. that have really just sucked in as, as a huge black hole of the conversation mm-hmm. that's overshadowing some of the best moments of the night. Chloe yeah. Zhao, first Asian American to win second best actor, female uh, sorry, director. Best, best director, for second female director, first Asian American, uh, first Asian American to win it. Like Emerald Fennel, like winning best original screenplay. Yeah. Um, I'll never forgive them for choosing that scene from promising young woman for the best picture reel. That really upset me because there's so much better clips to show than that sequence in the movie. We have spitting, a clip of spitting, spitting in the, the coffee. coffee. Yeah. We have they, a clip on our, on our Instagram, on our Instagram page the, of the moment that I think I was like, Oh, this is the moment they're going to show. Like that makes sense to me. Yeah. Right. It's kind of bizarre. Weird. Like just weird. And, and the main clip too. the main clip. Like let's, let's show Gary Oldman just drunk. D- he can't take off his own pants like why are you like who chose this mm-hmm. yeah, who the, chose these the, scenes the, it's awful I love seeing the clips during the Oscars and this time it, it almost felt like this time they got hit with a copyright claim they couldn't show a lot of these <laughs> they couldn't show a lot of clips even the music yeah. it just felt like oh I, I guess maybe you know what we're just gonna have to move on that's a big one too her winning was big her, her was a huge one her, yeah big surprise I didn't I didn't expect because I haven't heard that song before, but yeah. I'm glad she won. Like I, th- I think she, you know, her speech nice was really, really well done. Very well done. Um, even learning about best international film. I know Daniel, you mentioned that the director doesn't win, or is it Shay or Daniel? One of you two. Yeah, I said that it's it's uh, the Shea country mentions. that wins the award, yeah. not the director. What? That doesn't That's, make sense. <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. His story, um, his speech was yeah. so heartbreaking, yet yeah. at the same time so beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and it's nice. You got moments like that where you had somebody actually telling a story. Uh, I think the I never thought I'd miss people getting played off stage before. Yeah, but his 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 acceptance speech was great. But everybody else's was just like way too long. We're going on for like five minutes here, now. and it wasn't little, even and it wasn't even long. like the people that were going on for too long were saying a beautiful story or saying something impactful. They were just listing off people, just name dropping. And it was like, uh, yeah. we get it. You know, you got just say, just say thank you to everybody. <laughs> you know, I'll even feel good about that. I'll be like, Oh man, he's probably yeah. thanking me too up there. Right. And and that's the thing, you know, you think of some of the best speeches in Oscar history. Um, and <laughs> none of them will be from last night. <laughs> There'll be no, no, like no best speeches from last night. That there's really no how Barry moment, you know, no, no. Uh, I, I think, you know, maybe Francis McDormand, her speech was nice with the with the howl, like, and even Chloe Zhao had some nice Chloe moments Zhao, too. But yeah. like, yeah. but like, it's nowhere in the lineage of like great Oscars. Bong Joon Ho, right? Sally Fields, you know. Yes, yeah. You like me? Uh, going forward, though, we spoke about this last year. Going forward, next year's Oscar is a guaranteed ten best picture selection. There will be ten. It won't be fluctuating. It will be guaranteed ten films nominated and they're supposed to be back in the dolby theater on hollywood boulevard yeah on february 27th it looks like it's going to be but how do you guys feel about it being 10 films i know i've been very vocal about this i think it should always whatever the limit is it should always be the limit yeah there were that's what that's 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 why there were more than great than 10 great films last year so why was it hard to fill that slot i want to i want to save this because i know this is going to be a bigger topic I really want us to maybe sometime this year, we'll add it to the long list of topics of the show, how to make the Oscars better. 
and I really want us to come each with like three different main things that we want to see that would make the Oscars better. VR experience. Okay, yeah. Uh, front row VR front experience. Front row VR experience. <laughs> uh, an underwater element. And someone has to die so that they can add okay. them in the in memoriam impromptu. Damn. All right. Okay. Uh, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see All it. All of that. Um, but I think other than that, I mean, it was it was an award ceremony. For, for better or for worse, it was nothing special. And in a, in a time where they were allowed to take more risks, I wish they did. Yeah, they yeah. had they had so much time to prepare this, and it felt like something that was prepared on a napkin, <laughs> in you know, in a three, Wendy's, yeah, a Wendy's three weeks ago. Line. Like it just did not feel like something that actually was <laughs> like, oh shit, guys, we gotta we gotta start planning this. It's next week. And they well, said, who's free right now? Soderbergh. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah Union Station. Yeah, yeah, we'll use it there. And I I sent you the article. Vanity Fair did an article on like how they were gonna set up the 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 pods where people were going to sit and there's going to have like this old timey feel to it. But man, that the, like the production design was great, but the overall show design was absolutely horrible. It's, I think I've seen better freaking you know, school plays than there's school award ceremonies than what I saw yesterday. Yeah, definitely. There's a, you know, there was, there's a rumor too that like Olivia Coleman wanted to go up to accept mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins award. And then people were debunking that. Um, apparently his people were like pleading with the Oscars to at least send in a recorded speech accepting his award, but they said no recorded speeches. That, so it's like, that's so stu- stupid. Adapt or die. Like that's literally it. Like adapt or you die. You wanted this 83 year old man to jump on a plane during a pandemic to fly to Los Angeles, who's just getting out of one of their worst <laughs> pandemics, and put him on a stage? Are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, get get it through your fucking heads. Oh damn! I think I think one speech that kind of will be remembered, or a moment of it at least, was uh, Daniel Kaluuya when he won Best Supporting Actor, and he shouted out his mom oh, and dad God. for having sex. I think that yeah. was just. I'm like, oh, he's clearly been drinking tonight, and, and he, he cut the, the reaction. Mom? <laughs> yeah, his mom yeah, and his sister just her mom reacting. It's like, wait, what did he just like, say? Wait, did he say sex? Um, yeah, it was That's so. Funny. It was great, great moment. And again, great you, you have a, you have a four hour Oscars. People barely sat through a four hour Justice League. How are you going to do this? And you're telling me right now you're showing all the live or music performances before the show. So really, it's more like a five-hour Oscars, really, if you think about it. Bizarre, in my opinion. I I don't know why that happened. Um, Some great wins that we've already discussed. And you need to adapt. You have the Game Awards absolutely destroying you. And it's because, again, they have incentive. Tell us that there's going to be great commercials, great trailers. But I don't think advertising companies almost want to go that route now, seeing how many viewers are really taking part in the Oscars. So even look at the commercials. They have a Rolex commercial, a Rolex commercial. Always, always. Do. I get it. And I, it's the same one. Every I, I don't know if it's different. Like, this year, I think it was a little this different. Was different. I never yeah, seen this year was before. different. Yeah, no, but but I mean, it's the same one. Every commercial break. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And it's the same, right. it was the same Rolex commercial. It wasn't like, oh, they at least, oh, here's a different Rolex commercial. No, it's like, no, let's let's show you the same Rolex commercial every commercial break. Who are you break. connecting with? Like, what, who's your audience? The one percenters? Yeah. Because, no. look, I understand. <laughs> yes, I understand. Like, I, I want a Rolex. <laughs> Rolex. I want to buy a Rolex one day for sure. But 
Like, yeah, but that's you're not your commercial man who's has millions. <laughs> yeah, show your... me a progressive car yeah. commercial or something. Who, who, I don't know. Who are these awards for? Yeah, and then it, it went from Rolex to Cadillac, and then Rolex to Cadillac, and I'm like, oh man, this... and then cataract because <laughs> you also probably need new yeah, cataracts. and I'm like, man, I I I don't have any money. I felt poor watching the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the feeling yeah, that they're trying I think to evoke. That's, I think that's what it is. I think that's just, it just sums it up that, you know, the Oscars are, are always going to be, you know. Oscars too white now. Oscars too rich, you know. Too, what is it? Too rich, Oscars, too white. Oscars too old, man. Oscars too, too old. old. I like that one. But it's that Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, no, Mentality almost. Yeah, Hollywood. Um, old, old, money, old money, old money. Yeah. Uh, old money. Yeah. yeah, we gotta us. We gotta we gotta do an update on like uh fixing the Oscars. We do. We will definitely add that to our list of potential episode to topics that we can kind of have. Awesome, awesome. Of course, before we wrap up, remember we're looking for two hundred five star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So if you could let us know what maybe you loved about the Oscars, what you'd want to change about the Oscars, that's a great place to do it with a five-star review attached to it. Gentlemen, anything else you want to touch on the Oscars before we officially end off this episode? Um, No. Okay. (laughs) No, no, no. Honestly, (laughs) overall, I think it's what we expected, but like, like we were saying in a, in a year that, you'd be forgiven for taking risks. It's disappointing. They took the wrong ones. Yeah. Yeah. That, that risk at the end there is, uh, is the most bold yet stupid decision they've ever done. Man, if I was in the control room, I would have said, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, That's, that's very true there. Uh, of course, a new episode of the movie podcast drops every single Monday and tomorrow. We're also dropping our review for Without Remorse, the Michael B. Jordan film. So make sure to check that out. Again, a lot more reviews available on our feed. And that was this time with the movie podcast. And we'll see you next. <laughs> <laughs>